This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. I hope you had a better week than I had. I bet you never thought you'd hear that at the beginning of a service. But uh, uh, I have... Dan said he loves our church. I love our church. You love this church? Yeah, yeah. So last Sunday when I was standing up here, I was trying not to pass out because I was really sick. And it's one of those things where I wasn't sick earlier. And when I started walking up the steps, it was like, oh, my goodness. And uh, the whole week has kind of been like that, but I feel great today. So uh, it's nice to be back in the land of the living. Yes. I tested for COVID. Um, I was negative. So that's good. That was a good thing. Yes. I was glad I didn't. I was so petrified by the time I went home last week. I thought I could have just exposed our whole church to COVID. And that's not what any pastor wants to do or anybody else wants to do. So I was relieved when I tested negative. Listen, Dan already leaked a little of the news, and I'm glad he did. Uh, We are in a ministry fair. We are, uh, last week I said we have this big goal of, of filling 70 vacant ministry, volunteer ministry positions in our church. And we are between 65 and 68 right now. How about that? Yes. What a great thing. We have only a handful of slots left, although if you want to serve, we certainly will make room for you. Um, I want to highlight a couple things that we still need. Um, One is we could use somebody, a couple of somebody's actually to do projection, to do the slides, um, and also to run the lights. And you're thinking, oh, I don't know anything about IT. Listen, if you do email on a computer, we can train you how to do projection and lights. Are you on board with that? It's that easy. So uh, I just want to let you know, you can go out and sign up at the worship and tech booth. And then uh, we still have a couple of vacant places for people who would like to help with our elementary age children in their large group space helping to lead them in songs and, and some basic teaching. The curriculum is all put together for you, but you got to have a little ham and eggs in you, right? So you can be up in front of the kids and have fun with the kids and they can relate to you. So uh, I've been praying that God will lay that on a couple of people's hearts. You can go out to our next gen uh, booth and sign up for that if, if God's been moving you in that direction. For those of you online, I want to welcome you. I know Dan did earlier. Uh, You are becoming an increasingly larger number and and portion of our audience. And we're so happy that you're along for the journey today. For all of you, if you don't know me, my name is Ron. I'm the pastor of this church right now. And I'd be happy to uh, visit with you in the lobby and answer, answer any questions. I will be right with Dan at the tri-tip and the pulled pork table. Um, Yes, yes. Uh, But I'll be happy to answer any questions uh, that you might have. We are in a teaching series, 
And it's about the kingdom of Jesus. And just to give you a little background for those of you who are dropping in for the first time in this series, Jesus talked about the kingdom more than any other subject that he ever addressed. He talked about a lot of things, but none as often as he talked about his kingdom. And so we've been focusing on his kingdom. And over the last three weeks, we've been focusing on this thing, the kingdom of Jesus, our place, finding our place in the kingdom of Jesus. And I've noticed this, that every once in a while, I get so down in the weeds of life that I tend to lose perspective on life itself. Anybody here ever relate to that? Yeah. And every once in a while, it would be nice if he could just jump on a drone and just get up above all the weeds and you could actually see life as it's supposed to be. Well, there's an amazing thing that God has done. This is a Bible and most of you probably own one. And virtually everything that I teach you will come from it because the star of this book is Jesus, okay? And the star of the church and the star of human history is Jesus. And most of what we know about him, we learn here. And on virtually every page of this book, there are these two constant threads that are woven into the fabric of God's interaction with people. And they are continuous. They never stop and start again. They're just in there from start to finish. And the first golden thread you'll see up here on the screen. And that is heaven and earth have one ultimate king, and that's Jesus. I hope to some degree, even if you don't follow Jesus, I hope to some degree that's comforting to you. Because as I look at the leaders of our world, I'm not ready to sign my life away to any of them. And probably none of us are ready to do that. And it's comforting to know that ultimately there is a king who will rule in heaven and on earth and he's unlike any king you and I have ever met or ever read about. He is the ultimate king. And we have learned and we learn through the pages of the Bible that there is a message either that says he's coming or he has come depending upon whether it was written before or after Jesus was born on this earth. But it's not just that he's coming to earth, but he's coming to earth to set up his kingdom that will last for eternity. It's not transient. It's not temporary. And it's going to last forever. And then today we're going to focus on that second bullet point. He has prepared a personal place, not a generic place, a personal place for each of us in his kingdom. 
That's the first golden thread that weaves its way all the way through Scripture. Let's look at golden thread number two, and it is each of us has been created in the image of God. And I want to just pause right there. God wants you to know that you're not just the highest or the most intelligent of the creatures that roam the face of the earth. You are actually, in that sense of the word, not a creature at all. You have been created in the image of God. God stamped his image in you. And for that reason, God wrote a book because he cares about you. Now, there are a couple of things underneath that. The first is this image of God in us has been clouded by the brokenness of sin in our world and in our own lives. Have you ever looked at something that you've done and you go, man, I hope nobody saw that. Yeah, yep. Hope nobody heard that. Yep. It's that brokenness that's in us. And when we compare that brokenness to the image of God that's in us, our conscience says that should never have happened. And we all have that. This is that drone view that helps us understand what life is all about. But the second bullet point underneath there is really important. Through Jesus and his kingdom. This is why Jesus talked about the kingdom so much. Through Jesus and his kingdom, God is redeeming us and awakening his presence and power in our lives. Now, behavioralists and philosophers and sociologists and psychiatrists and psychologists have studied this stuff for a long time. And among other things, they have identified some really core needs, and three of them tend to lie right at the core of our human spirit. And I want you to see how Jesus came to address each of these. And here are three of our deepest needs. The first is a sense of belonging. Every one of us wants to know that I belong, okay? Before I read to you what Jesus said, I just want to say this to you, okay? In this church, there is no us and them. There is no us and we belong here and them, you're a newbie, you don't belong here yet. We don't have that here. In this church, there is only us. Are you on board with that? Yes. Because we are fellow human beings, all equally broken by sin and all equally loved by God and all equally worthy of being redeemed and restored. And that's what Jesus was all about. And so he addressed this deep, deep need of us needing to have a sense of belonging. And he said, I am the good shepherd. 
I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Jesus is saying, there's a place in my kingdom so personal and so powerful that I get to know you. And you get to know me. Not just know about me, not just be taught about me, not just hope to see me someday after you die, but in my kingdom, there's a place where you, my friend, can get to know me, Jesus, the ultimate king of the world. A second really deep need is this. We want to know that our lives matter. That when we pillow our head for the last time, that the people who gather around us will not just tell funny stories about the stupid stuff we did. But they will talk about how our life made a difference in theirs. Because we all have a sense that we want our lives to count. So what's your life worth? Jesus said this, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus says, even if you're not sure what your life is worth to you, here's what it's worth to me. I will lay down my life for you. The third, we all have this intuitive sense in us that there has to be something beyond death. That there's, the Bible writes it like this, God has put eternity in our hearts. That there's something in us that says, there has to be something after I die. In other words, I I just can't settle for the fact that my life is temporary. What is done is done. It's not actually done. And Jesus said one day, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. How do we know that he can make good on that promise? I'll tell you how we know. And this is why the resurrection of Jesus is the central event in all of human history. Jesus said to the Roman government and to the Jewish government, kill me. I'm coming back. I will prove to you that I can raise you from the dead. Kill me. I will raise myself first. And if I can raise myself, I can raise you. Now that's the view from the drone that sort of puts life in perspective. Today we're going to take a look at a little twist that Jesus puts into his kingdom that no one anticipated on the way in and it's still hard for us really to grasp and to really get hold of it. And it's the Jesus way. And here it is on the video screens. And that is Jesus does his kingdom work on this earth through whom? Through his followers. 
Jesus could have done his kingdom work on earth through angels. I suspect they would have done it better than we are. What do you think? Yeah. If Jesus was like many of us, if you want a job done right, do it what? Oh yeah, Jesus could have done it through his own miraculous power. But that's not the Jesus way. Jesus said, instead, I'm going to choose to do my kingdom work through my followers. And if any angels were around when Jesus made that decision, I'm sure they punched him and said, hey, boss, are you sure you want to do that? That's going to be messy. Guess what? It is messy. Anything that's done through humans is messy. Am I right? Yes. So why did Jesus make that choice? Well, I think it's this. Jesus looked at the angels and said, but yeah, if you guys do it, or if I do it, what are they going to do? They had nothing to do. And if they have nothing to do, it will never seem to them that their lives matter. I want my people to know that their lives matter. So I am going to do my kingdom work through them. So the title of this teaching is simply this, the kingdom of Jesus through you. Paul put it so simply and so succinctly. Let me read to you what he wrote to the church in Corinth that he personally established. He said, God is in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he has given us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Who did he give it to? He gave it to us. And then just in case we miss that, he says it a little clearly in the part that I've highlighted. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Wow. I don't know about you, but sometimes I might not be that appealing. Do you get what I mean? I wish everything I did and everything I said had the wonderful appeal of Jesus in it. Hopefully, as I grow and mature, more and more of my life is in alignment with being an ambassador for Jesus and for his great message. Where did Paul get this idea that we are ambassadors of Jesus and that God is making his appeal through us? I think he got it from the master himself. Because in his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, look at what Jesus said. You are the salt of the earth. Now, if you cook, 
You know that salt often brings together the flavors of a dish and it enhances them. Jesus is saying to you and to me, you are the salt of the earth. When you let me do my work through you, you take the many flavors of this world that are often competing with each other and you as the salt find a way to bring them together and to enhance them. Can I state it even more simply? Jesus is saying, wherever I put you, you make it better. Wow. And then Jesus went on to say, you are the light of the world. Now we all know that there's no shortage of darkness in our world, correct? Yeah. And we really struggle to find things that work. And we have a lot, we we do a lot of what we call trial and error. Have you noticed that? Here's what I've noticed about trial and error. Usually when I try to learn via trial and error, there's no shortage of trial and no shortage of error. Have you noticed that? We have governments that are working on the trial and error method. I'm pretty sure that most of the people in Washington, D.C. seem to be on that agenda. Because as human beings... We're in the weeds. And it's God who looks down. And if we could learn to trust him, he would enlighten us. Now listen, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. If you get close to me and you find your place in my kingdom, and you allow me to awaken this image of God in you, it is a light generator, not a searchlight that blinds people and that they hate, but you bring beautiful light of wisdom and kindness and acceptance and love and truth to a world that struggles in the darkness of the absence of all the above. Hmm. So that's why Jesus didn't do the work himself or have angels do it because he wanted us to be salt and light in this world. But there is an additional twist. Not only did Jesus come to establish his kingdom on this earth, and not only did he say, I'm not going to do the work myself because I want your life to make a difference. So I'm going to invite you into this kingdom and I'm going to do my kingdom work through you. And I know it's messy, but it's going to be so good for you and so good for the world. Jesus, well, take a look. 
Jesus does his work in us as we allow him to do his work through us. Wow. If you want to be changed, if you want to live your very best life, if you want to live life to the full as Jesus said you could, when he said, I came that you may have life and have it to the full, if you want to experience all of that, the single best way to experience that is to volunteer in the kingdom of Jesus because as you allow God to do his work through you, he begins to work in you. It's such a dynamic thing. Broken though I am, insecure as I am sometimes, unsure of my way as I am sometimes, unskilled as I am in some areas where God calls me, there's an amazing thing that happens when I put my hands in the air and I say, God, whatever you call me to do, I'll do. I don't have to know. A good friend of mine said the other day something I want to pass on to you. You don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step. Let God use you. And as he uses you, he begins to transform you. And as he transforms you, you become appealing and an ambassador of the good news of Jesus to those around you. And they are drawn to Jesus and they begin to volunteer and their lives begin to be transformed. And it's one person after another, after another. And as more and more people come into the kingdom of Jesus, the world becomes a better place. Does that make sense? Yeah, that is the plan. That is Jesus' plan. Now I'm going to wrap up this teaching and I know it's shorter and some of you are thinking, what happened to you? Okay. I have people out there taking bets on the over and under whether I can end early or not. So there you go. Um, I know. Um, I want to read a passage and then I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Okay? I want you to catch the import of this passage because it wraps it all together. Take a look. Paul writes to the people, his friends at Ephesus, and he says, God is so rich in mercy and he loves us so much that even though we were dead, because of our sins. You know what he's talking about? That image of God in us that was so broken and tarnished and covered by the brokenness of sin that it was largely dormant in our lives. We were dead on the inside. He said, he gave us life. He awakened 
that image of God in us when He raised Christ from the dead. Now listen, it's only by God's grace you have been saved. He's going to come back to that in a minute. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ. Put a pen right there. About four times a year, we do a baptism service at New Life. And I think we're going to do one in the beginning of December. So it's a little ways away. But if you've never been baptized as a believing adult, I want you to see that passage. He raised us from the dead along with Christ. Baptism actually is a symbol that pictures that. And in this church, we put people clear under the water because that seems to be how Jesus and the people in the Bible did it. And it's a beautiful picture. The Bible says we are buried with Christ. And we are raised with Him to this new way of living where we are raised with Christ and He brings to life that image of God on the inside of us. And then he goes on to say, and he has seated us with him. Does that sound like you got a place? You got a place to sit. That's pretty good. Seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are so cool and we work so hard. No, that's not what it says. Because we are united with Christ Jesus. And just to get that a little clearer, look what he says next. So God can point to us in all the future ages. I don't even know what that means. But God can point to us in all the future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. Listen, friends, religion, every religion in the world, with the exception of Christianity, is all about what you better do for God. But not not Christianity. Christianity is cut from a completely different cloth because the central message of Christianity is not about what you better do for God. It's what God has already done for you and now offers it to you as a gift. He goes on to say it. It's about his incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for it. It's a what? It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Thank goodness Wouldn't you hate to go to church if everybody was comparing what they had done for Jesus to see who was the biggest and the best and the greatest here? It would just take all the joy out of church. Salvation is not a reward for the good we have done. So no one can boast about it. And here's the beautiful bow that the Apostle Paul puts on this passage. For we are God's masterpiece you want to know that your life matters 
Friend, you are God's masterpiece. For what purpose? Created anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned long ago for us to do. When you walked in this morning, you walked through some pop-ups and you walked through some tables. And when you go out there, you're going to smell tri-tip and pulled pork. Okay? Here's what I want you to know. No one smoked the pork butt and no one cooked the tri-tip in hopes that they would have a better shot at heaven. Okay? When you walked in, you walked past some beautiful flower pots. Did you notice them this morning? Stunningly beautiful. I know the ladies who actually did that this week. I know they did not do that in hopes that they would get a solid wood front door to their mansion in heaven. Okay? The people who cooked the tri-tip did so because they were made to do that. They love to do that. The people who welcomed you when you came in did that because they were made to welcome you. The ladies who did the pots did that because I'm pretty convinced they were made to garden because their garden is spectacular. Okay. The people who led us in worship this morning lead us in worship because they were made to do this. I would like to think that even what I'm doing right now, I'm doing because I was made to do this. When we find our place in Jesus' kingdom, we get to do what we were made to do. That's why we have offered 70 slots for you to volunteer. It's not just so we can get the work done. It's because we want to invite you to step into your place in the wonderful kingdom of Jesus. Are you on board with that? Yeah. Listen, I want to lead us in a prayer exercise at the end. So I want to invite all of us to stand up, if you would, please. And uh, on your chairs, there's a, an abbreviated part of this. You don't have to read through it right now. I'm going to walk you through it, okay? But I want to send that home with you because the prayer exercise I'm going to lead you through. Anybody here have a morning routine? I hope most of you do. For some of you, it probably includes some sort of meditation or yoga for some of you, it, 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 it probably includes reading from the Bible and praying and so forth. I want to give you something for your morning routine that will help set you up for a day of living in the kingdom of Jesus. Okay? And it has some physical postures to it. 
But this is a church where we don't coerce anybody into doing anything. So you don't have to do this, okay? You can watch the rest of us do it. But if you really want to take a step forward in having a posture that will open your life to the goodness of God to work in you and through you, I want to invite you, okay? So if you want to start, okay, then start by doing something you and I actually have the ability to do and it's very natural. Put your hands together in a fist, okay? And we're going to start. God, I confess that it's my nature to try to force my way through life, to make it happen my way, to do the Frank Sinatra thing. I did it my way. To make life happen on my terms. Now let's change our posture with open hands. But this morning, I choose a Jesus posture. I choose a posture of an open hand. I choose a posture of surrender to you. I want to pray, God, what Jesus prayed in the garden, not my will, but yours be done. And I acknowledge in this day that what you have planned for me is infinitely better than what I could have planned for myself. I surrender myself to you. Now take your hands and put them in a different kind of fist. Not a fighting fist, but sort of a tight-gripped fist. God, I confess it's my nature to try to get all I can and hang on to it as tightly as I can. It's my nature to think that what I have is my own, it's my possession, and it's for me. Now open and relax your hands with a little downward tilt. But this morning, I choose a Jesus posture. One that's open-handed. I release the ownership of all that's been entrusted to my care and recognize it's not actually mine. At best, it's temporarily mine. God, I want to live open-handed in a close-fisted world. To live with generosity toward all. Now you can fold your hands across your chest. God, I confess that it's my nature to make my life about me to get all wrapped up in my own life and to think that to me, my life matters more than anybody else's. Now you can just open your arms. God, this morning, I choose a Jesus posture. My arms are open. I want to live on mission. I want to live as an ambassador of Jesus. 
My arms are open to the struggling, to the lost. My arms are open to the broken. My arms are open even to those who think they have it all and don't know that in the end they really have nothing. My arms are open to all so that I can be an ambassador of your love in this world. Lord Jesus, this is my prayer today, and this is how I choose to live today. Amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.